Jesus anointed name we are praying with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Let's take us in the heavenly places. You will permit me to move about today because I will just share with you for a few minutes. On Sunday, I will minister to you. But what I'm sharing with you this time is of great importance before the Lord because because of some news that have come around over the past few weeks, how are the mighty falling? I promised you I was going to teach you about the coming of the Lord. But then, the news that have come that is flying around the kingdom, Christendom, in this season, pushed me to decide to start to share with you because I can see the hand of the wicked one raised high. And I can see hell enlarging his appetite. I can see many being deceived in our time. As we look at the book of Matthew 4, verse 24, verse 4. <clears throat> For the season that you are living is called the end time. Jesus said, you see, Jesus answered, watch out that, you are, you, that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. In other words, in this time, many will come in the name of Jesus Christ, that is, like ministers of God. And those people will deceive so many people. The Bible says also in 2 Timothy about this time. You wonder why people go to places where they lie to them so much. If you look at churches, the churches that are pulling the greatest crowd are churches that lie. And if you look at meetings that many mob go who call themselves Christians... It is always meeting where people deceive them, lie, exploit them. They go, they are exploited, they come back, and they get nothing. The reason is because Jesus, the Bible tells us about this. In the book of 2 Timothy 4, 3 to 4, it says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Okay? It says, Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myth. All right?
So this time that we are living in, when you see many people love to go to where they lie, you shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says that will be. People do not want to be told godly things. People want to, to be told what they think is right. I will together now. But what is behind this? Before I read what is behind it, let me read also. In that Matthew 24, Jesus said in verse 10. Shall we read it together, please? Yes, shall we want to go? Can I just say for this session, I want the best of those who are in Asset to be there. Because I'll be giving you many scriptures today and I want us to move bang, 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 bang. I'm trying to help you understand the truth. And those who are watching on television now and across the globe will expect that people who in their heart profess that they want to serve Jesus will always go to where they teach what Jesus will teach them. They want to go to where they teach what the Bible says. But it is not so. Jesus said, many will turn away from the faith, okay, and will betray and hate each other. All right? Why are they turning away from the faith? What will be instrumental to that? This is the church of God which began in the book of Acts and we saw the power of God and how people love God so much and serve God so much. What will happen in this season that will turn people away from God like that? The Bible tells us also in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. Shall we read 14 together? Then verse 15 says, So it is not strange if their servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, their end will correspond to their deeds. Now, underline that. Let's look at the King James Version of that scripture. Shall we read it together, please? Go ahead. Now, what we get here is this. The reason why there will be so much false doctrine, the reason why there will be many ministers who will begin to preach what people want to hear, okay, is because Satan counterfeits himself or disguises himself like angel of light. Some people will see Lucifer and they will say they saw Jesus. All right? And he will speak to you like Jesus is speaking to you. How would you know that is the devil? What it tells you will be contrary to the instruction of the Bible. The, the devil will not 
never tell you, you know, what the Bible says and tell you to do it. He will read the Bible, but he will tell you to do something that looks look good, but not God. Because he's a deceiver. All the misinterpretation of the Bible, the devil is behind it. And then it says that, no wonder, and it's not strange, when the ministers, the his ministers, also counterfeit themselves like God's ministers. So you have many people in the church of God today who are bishops, who are apostles, who are prophets, but they're like, yesterday I was still awake till about two or something like that. And I went into a Christian channel and I saw two things. I saw a man in the Christian channel who was telling people, three, three really I saw. I saw one man who was telling people who is called an apostle, who was telling people, you know, from the story of the Bible that, um, you know, um, you know, the... <laughs> he was, he read, he read this, this, this story in the Bible, all right, these little fat daughters, all right, who de- demanded for their own inheritance. But then he now applied it to offering. That if you give this offering, today you will recover what you have lost. A person who has a sense, common sense, should not be fooled by that, but learned people are fooled by that. Another one came and said that God told them that people should give one to one. And they were were just praying here, and God just said, tell people to give an offering one to one, one to one. And they now said, 121 pounds, and people should give it. And these two ministers of God in course started, you know, telling people they will lie that God is speaking to them. They will lie that, oh, I just had God now. You give one to one, one to one. And I was looking at them because I knew that the Jesus of the Bible who appeared to me have written them off his book of life. For those ones, I will talk with them because they are within my reach. I have asked that I will send for one of them I saw. Uh, because when you lie against man, maybe you can beg God for mercy. But when you lie against God, that God is telling you what God did not tell you, to who shall you go for mercy? And then another one came and said that, look, I have come now from Spain, and I'll be ministering on Sunday in this place, in that place, in that place. Come over and I will give you a prophecy, and God will make it happen. You know that it's sensible that you give a prophecy, God make it happen. But a prophet of God does not campaign for people to come because when they come, he will ask them to sow a seed. You don't need seed for prophecy. Anybody who gives money to receive prophecy had given an, a sacrifice to Lucifer. They are counterfeit ministers of God. Now, let me now zero back into yourself. We look at the book of First Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. All the scriptures I'm giving you, all of you must be able to regurgitate them. If I tell any one of you, my leaders or members, that come and teach us about the coming of the Lord, I expect to use these scriptures and express them as I'm teaching you. It says in verse 1, the Spirit clearly says, I read the NIV, that in the latter days or times, some will abandon the faith, which is Christian faith and doctrine, they and, uh, will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. They will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 
Alright? Let's look therefore at Second Peter 2. 2. It will start from verse 1 of Second Peter 2. It says, but there, will also, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Alright? Understand the false and destructive heresies. Even denying the sovereign Lord, who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. You recognize that the Bible always says that when these people who will do this, they will be destroyed. Alright? So if anybody follows their practice, God will destroy that person too. I would get it now. Now verse 2. Shall we read it together please? Did you see that? The Bible has told you that the greatest garden of people will be seen will be of these people. Many will follow their shameful ways. Now there is an element that is common among those people that the Bible says is in verse 3. Let's see what is the element. Verse 3. Did you see that? They will be greedy men and exploiters. Every message must lead to a seed. Every manifestation must lead to a, you know, to money or offering, they call it a sacrifice. I had one also on television who was talking about your altar, the altar of Satan, and the altar, your life, altar, and your family. Those teachings came from Lucifer. There is no such a thing in the Bible. The Bible tells us, when the Son therefore make you free, you are free. You, you are, it's not time your family. My father, if you don't know, those of you who are here know it. My own father, alright, worshipped and served and dedicated his life and all his sons and daughters to Lucifer. Lucifer. And to the extent that in my family, when you are born, they will invoke demons that will appear physically to tell your name. And I can tell you many more things. So, we are not part of those people who, you know, you know, uh, you know kill chicken and all this nonsense. My family was beyond that in the path of darkness. I went together now. When my father accepted Jesus Christ, nobody conducted deliverance for him because he truly gave his life to Jesus. I was born by a woman who was a priestess of Baal. That when my mother was possessed with Baal, she will make a sound and jump to the sky and she will sit in the air comfortably without any chair underneath her. That was my mother. In our village. Okay? And that womb conceived me. And she gave her life to Christ. And nobody conducted deliverance for her. Alright? And my, both my dad and mom were used so mightily by God. Before they died in their good old age. I came out of their womb. And nobody has conducted deliverance for me. Do I look like somebody who needs deliverance? I will talk about the era of deliverance. It was brought by Lucifer. The Lord showed me, and I will show you in the scriptures. 
Because deliverance is not what anybody should dwell upon. And it is for those who are bound. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew, uh, John, I think it's John 3, uh, 32. Let's look at that very quickly. John 8, sorry, 8, 32. All right, very, very quickly. And what does it say? I can't hear you. Who said it? On what occasion? Now. (laughs) So all this doctrine of, you know, after you've accepted Jesus who set you free, man need to set you free, they came from the pit of hell. They are heresies. Because at least this is a living man who came from the bottom, rock bottom of kingdom of darkness. Now let me show you a few more things. So, in 2 Peter 2, 2, 2, 3, it says, In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories, your ancestral curses, your family chasing you, there is a witch in your house chasing you. Christians shouldn't be afraid of things like that because anybody who tells you that they are all liars, they are masquerades, you know. Because I've shown you that in the scriptures. They are liars. Because the one who was talking about altar yesterday, I felt, I felt like I can open the television and meet him. And ask him, describe, tell me what altar is from occultism. He was never born in an occultic family. He knows nothing about what altar is. He's only getting words from some useless people who were inspired by Lucifer to lie and deceive people. I know what altar is. I was born from a satanic family. And I tell you, once you are washed by the blood of Jesus, end of the matter. You know, I told you last time, I, wanted to, I felt like I was in Nigeria. Because I wanted to say something now, which is very deep. But only those who come from a family that worship the devil in Nigeria, they, only, they are the only one who know it. It says, I just spoke in tongues. It's <laughs> my mother tongue. You know, in Africa, we used to draw water from the river. Okay? And every village have a stream where you draw water. And the kids will carry a goal. Goal, yeah, they call it? Keribe. Yeah? With a calabash to go and fetch water. But it always happens that this god, you know, there are plants, you know, made of plants with hollow inside. The child will soon forget that it is water and it will leave an empty god on water. And you know, the torrent will take the, the god away. And then he will be running after it until it gets to deep waters it cannot go. When the torrent takes God from a, a child, that child whips home. That child cannot redeem it back because the river will take that God away. And what that means is that when Jesus saves you, woe to the Spirit who says you are not saved. Who is the Spirit that can say that you are bound? When Jesus set a man free, it doesn't matter how you were bound or who bound you. 
When Jesus said to the disciples, the book of Matthew and, and Luke, go to the other, other village and you will see two donkeys tied down. Untie them. And if the owner asks you, who, why are you untying this? Jesus says, tell them the Lord has need of it. When God sent Moses to Pharaoh, and he says, Thus saith the God of Israel, let my people go. That they may serve me. He said, when they ask you who sent you, tell him I am has sent you. And Pharaoh could not hinder them from going. I would get it now. So all these false doctrines that came to the church of God, Satan brought them to deceive people. So that you will spend all your life wasted instead of reading the Bible, seeking the knowledge of God and growing in the spirit of God. You will get busy looking for demons that are not, have no business with you if you are truly born again, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who come to church and say that they are born again why they are not. Now, so these people have greed. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Now, I will, I will now center on the story we are talking about on Sunday because a minister came up and said... If a Christian is in adultery, okay, that is somebody who is married, having a fear, sexual intercourse with somebody else, and he was killed in the act, and this minister said that Christian will go to heaven if he is born again. And I want to show you that that Christian already is in hell. Black and white, I want to show you this. If you are... If you use the temple of God for immorality, God will destroy you. God will destroy you. Now, let me show you some things. You understand that these kind of principles come from, you know, all this hypocritical lie. Also, another thing I tried to boast on Sunday was that the same minister said, Jesus is not coming soon. All right? Jesus is not coming soon. That's what he said. He said, because all this, I'm coming soon. People said they went to heaven. Jesus said it's coming soon. They should forget about it. We just keep, keep busy. Keep busy. Let me show you something. Look at the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 11. Let's read together. 3, 11, please. So, your crown could be taken by the devil. You can lose your salvation. That's what Jesus... This, this is Jesus speaking. What did he begin by saying? I am coming soon. So, if anybody who calls himself a minister says Jesus is not coming soon, what is speaking through him? Come on, say it now. That is the spirit of Antichrist. It doesn't matter what he is. Because the spirit of Antichrist is the spirit that we speak against. The word anti means against. And Jesus said, I am coming soon. And another one says, I'm a minister of Jesus. He is not coming soon. You know, that is dangerous. He must have lost salvation long ago. Now, this is Revelation 3.11, isn't it? Now, read 22. Revelation 22, verse 7. Read it again. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. I will give you every 
chapter 22, verse 7. Alright? Now, Jesus is the one speaking here. He said, he said, watch out. The word behold. Or take note of this. I am coming soon. Let me give you one more. Chapter 22, same chapter 22, verse 12. Shall we read it together? And Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. The end of the Bible, Jesus came out again and said, He who testified to these things says, Yes, that is the Lord's Spirit. He says, I am coming soon. Amen. And that is Maranatha. Now, can a person called by God tell you that he's not coming soon? Come on, answer me. He lost it long ago. Now, let me now give you scriptures because I will stop in the next 10 minutes. Let me help you understand about this season that you are in. Because I was looking at various scriptures to just help us understand. We looked at the book of Second Peter on Sunday. Okay? Chapter 3. It talks about the day of the Lord. Now, mark these scriptures. Verse 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, coffers will come, coughing and following their own evil desires. This is the scripture. Okay? Now, what will they say? Verse 4. Shall we read it together, please? So any minister who says that Jesus is not coming soon, the Bible says he's a scoffer. Any Christian who says that, where is this coming he's talking about? It's a scoffer. And it is the spirit of Satan that enters into man to become a scoffer against God. That is making a mockery of what God has said. Nobody who does that will enter heaven. Let's look at verse 9. Shall we read verse 9 together, please? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Did you see now? This coffers thought God is slow. He's not coming now. He's been saying it all the years. But this part of the Bible is about to tell us why God is being patient. It says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. That's why the Lord has held back his coming. He wants everyone to be saved, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The, the heavens will disappear with a roar, 
the elements will be destroyed by fire. Listen to this. And the earth and everything in it will be laid what? Bare. Now, what is verse 11 talking about now? Shall we read verse 11 together? Since everything will be destroyed. Now, listen to me. A man caught in adultery and he was killed in adultery. Is adultery holy? Come on now, talk to me. So, which means that anybody who does not believe that Jesus is coming soon, they won't live a holy life because there's no need for it. They've lost it. They've lost sensitivity. Oh, we're going to be in this world. I mean, I will change later. That later will never come. That later will never come. Let me show you this now. So the Bible says that because Jesus is coming soon, that's why we've got to be godly. We've got to live a holy life. It says, verse, verse 12, we have to live godly and holy life as we look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Anyone born again will always look forward to the coming of the Lord on a daily basis. If you don't, you lost it. You lost it. Hmm. I'll talk to you about that later on, not today. That day will bring about the destruction of heaven by fire and elements will melt in the heat. I explained that more on, sun, on Sunday. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. And a new earth, the home of... So this world will be destroyed, this earth, and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. I will be there. I say I will be there. I say Alfred will be there. <laughs> Therefore, if we will be there, what kind of people ought we be? Live godly and holy life. What about those who speak about, uh, say, you know, these coffers who say Jesus is not coming they can, you can be reckless, you know, God will forgive anyway. You can be adulterous, God will just forgive you. Now, listen. Look at verse 17. And we're going to leave this area. Shall we read verse 17 to 18 together? Therefore, what did the Bible say to you? Be on your guard. What is it say to you? Listen again. Say after me. Be on your guard. It says that you who know the truth, be on your guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these lawless and ruthless men. And fall also from your secured position. If you are not careful, if you follow them, you will fall from your secured position. These guys don't believe that they are going to any heaven. One of them has said before in his minister's meeting that we are all going to hell after all. Get all what you can on earth. And one of the bishops under him said he thought he didn't get it where he said he was fuming over issue of money. He said again that we are all going to hell anyway. The second day that bishop, when they left, he called his friend. said, did you hear what the Boss said, I said, yes, I thought it was a mistake, but he said it again. Second, the both of them tendered the resignation letter and left that church. Big church, one of the biggest churches in Nigeria. The Bible says that 
Don't be carried away by these people or else you will become godless and you will end up like them. It says in verse 18, it says, but grow in grace. Somebody say grow in grace. And knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you must grow in grace and grow in the Bible. Let me say something to you. Many Christians who go and they are gullible to all this stuff, it's because they don't read Bible. They don't read Bible. You know? They read other things. They don't know the Word of God. If you know the Word of God, you can bust the devil all the time. The devil can mess you up. And Bible is so simple. It's just only one book. Only one book. Many of us read so many books. So many books. I was with a doctor during this week on Monday. And I, 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 and the doctor came to the room where I was. He saw a big book on the, on the, on uh, the place I was sitting. And I says, he says that, uh, whose book is this? I said, it's my book. He said, what book is it? I said, you can see. Oh, he said, company law. He said, yes. He said, you, you read this big book? I said, but you should be reading such big book as well. You're a medical doctor and, you know, an expert. And you know what he said to me? He said, I, 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 I stopped reading books like this 32 years ago. <laughs> and then he looked at me and said, when will you retire? I said, I did your 75. He said, well, it serves you right. <laughs> Keep on reading your book. <laughs> we read so many books. We read so many books. Anthropology, engineering, medicine, law. And we remember them. But only one book, Bible. Many of you don't remember. Change, my friend. Change. Spend more time reading the Bible than all these big, big books. You must acquire knowledge of this world. <laughs> Let me help you understand the secret. Do you know that if you don't have the knowledge of this world, you cannot have the knowledge of God's world? The human knowledge comes first before spiritual knowledge. Hello? An illiterate, can he read the Bible? No, he cannot. He's an illiterate. Illiterate means he can't read or write. So for an illiterate to read the Bible, what does he get first? The knowledge of this world. Academic knowledge. Then you will read the Bible. Look at Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. Very quickly. Let's read that. Quick, quick, quick. Daniel 1 17. What does it say? Shall we? Uh-huh. No, now read it the cathedral way. Why didn't God give them spiritual knowledge first? Because it is the earthly knowledge that helps you understand spiritual knowledge. The more educated you are, the deeper you will understand the scriptures. So in God's order, he first gave them knowledge of all the literature of the Babylonians. They were academicians. All learning, philosophies of Babylonia. They knew it more than Babylonians themselves. They could tell the history of Babylon more than the Babylonians. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. From the age of 17, 13 really, they crushed everything by the time they are 17. Therefore, 
God gave them also the spiritual knowledge. I would together now. So if you have academic knowledge, if you do know Bible, you'll be guilty forever. Are we talking? Because Bible is just one book. And some of you have read Catterbridge, you have read Cambridge, you have read all the Tower Bridge and rest of the bridges. Let's finish this scripture now. Therefore, the Bible says in verse 17 of Second Peter 3, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard. Do not, no, so that you may not be carried away by the errors of lawless men and fall. Now, we end up talking about this lawlessness. I will give you scriptures about adultery, and we are going to deal with that. We are going to finish that when we get together on Sunday. Now, what did the Bible say about adultery or sexual immorality? Look at the book of Galatians 5, 18 to 21. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, faction. 21, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Shall we read the next line? I warn you. Yes. Say it again. So the Bible says that anybody who is an adulterer will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then how can that pastor say, if you are shot dead in adultery, you will inherit the kingdom of God. Come on, let's talk. I'm talking about common sense. Now, <clears throat> there was the issue of adultery in the church of Acts. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 13. Okay? Verse 9. I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexual, sexually immoral persons. Let's read it together, everybody. One, two, go. Yeah. The Bible says somebody who believes that if you will die in sexual morality, uh, as long as you are born again, you will not go to you will go to heaven. The Bible says don't associate with him. He's no more your brother. He's no more your brother. Somebody who will take you to hell is not your brother. Somebody who will lure you into sexual sin is not your brother. He's not your sister. Are you with me now? Don't associate the Bible says. Now, let me go on. Not all, not at all, meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindler or idolater, in that case, you will have to leave this world. But, now, I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself what? Who calls himself what? 
Who calls himself what? Anyone who calls himself what? A born again or a minister, a bishop, apostle, a prophet, then what? But is sexually immoral. Yes, go ahead. Or greedy. Or yes, or yes, or uh-huh. Or then shall we read it together with such? Come on now. Can you hear what I'm saying? He said, if you have friends in the world, in, in office, and they do all these things, eat with them. Talk with them. But anybody who says, I'm a Christian, but he does those things, he said, don't even eat. If he offer you food, tell him that perish with your food, you are a deceiver. You won't take me to hell. If what said, don't associate with them, he said, but now don't eat with them. Don't even eat with them. Look at what the father said. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Shall we read verse, seven, verse 13 together? Uh-huh. Read it again. Then, say, send him out. I can't hear you say loud. That's why apostle will never bring any of such useless elements on my pulpit. Hallelujah, somebody. Bible says don't associate with them, don't eat with them. The Bible says excommunicate them, expel them. And God said, the Bible says God will judge those houses. So when you send them out, then he will judge by God. He will not enter heaven. Unless if he repents. Did you see? If I don't give you any more evidence or you know scriptures, it's alright. But let me give you one more before we just close. First Peter two. Fifteen. First Peter two from verse twelve. But this but verse twelve. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts. Creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like beasts, they too will what? Perish. Who is he talking about? They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is of carousing in broad daylight, kissing themselves all over the corners. They are blots. And blemish, revealing in their pleasure while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are expert in greed and a coarse brood. They have left the straight way. And wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Boah, who loved the wages of wickedness. Now he's talking about born again. He's talking about born again. It doesn't matter bishops, apostles, prophets, pastors, or not a member of the church. The Bible says if someone says he's born again, he could still also be a sexually immoral, he could be a greedy man. 
lying that God told him to collect the offering God did not call him, only because he wants to enrich his pocket. He could be an idol later, worshipping idols in a corner, a slanderer, performing miracles with demonic power and stuff like that, a slanderer, a drunkard, a swindler, with such men do not even eat, the Bible says. So let me say this to you, those of you who are watching me on television, if anyone calls himself a child of God and he does these things, I have read to you directly from the scripture, Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 12 to 15, First Corinthians chapter 3, 9 to 13. Take this scripture, sit them down, tell them to interpret these scriptures to you. If anybody thinks that God will not judge the pejoras and the adulterers in the church, that person has lost it. God bless you. I want us to bow our heads and we're going to pray. Let's stand up really on our feet. And we pray God for mercy for the church of God on earth today. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Ask God for mercy. Ask God for mercy. Pray, God have mercy on us. Have mercy on your church. Deliver the church from the hands of Lucifer. It says, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. When, when Christians fall into sin, the Bible says they, they, they will repent. But if a person continues to live in sin, for he that is born of God does not continue to live in sin. Lord, we ask that you will break the power of sin, chains of sin, chains of deception. Let's pray for the souls of all Christians going to all these churches every Sunday. That God will lose their, their soul. God will remove the veil that covers their eyes so that they will come back to the Lord again. Pray that God will have mercy on them. Pray for them, pray for them. Our Lord and God, we pray for mercy. We pray for mercy. Lord, we pray for mercy. Let repentant heart come upon everyone. Repentant heart come upon everyone. That we will not waste the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, but we will live holy and godly lives. Let us ask God to strengthen our heart, to strengthen our mind, to strengthen our body. Oh Lord, that we, can, we will live a holy life committed to you. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to you. Take my moment and my days. Deliver our soul from sin, from the pit of hell. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us ask God, let the fear of God fill our hearts. Let it fill the heart of your people again. Oh Lord Jesus, we pray thee. People who have listened to the lies and they are running with it, Father, arrest them by these words. Bring them back to their knees, oh God. Some have been running the race very good before, but now they just join those who have fallen and they keep running with them. Separate the goat from the sheep. Arrest the heart of the sheep. Bring them back to penitent repentance. That the church of God on earth may turn unto you. Parade bobo shakabala bubasra. 
Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Now, let me say this to you. I want us to pray for this very man. I won't mention his name, but one of the most influential ministers in America just declared himself now as a Muslim and immediately changed his name to Muhammad. This man passed one of the largest churches in the U.S. Okay? And he started teaching that Islam and Christianity is the same. Okay? You want to use that man as a point of contact to pray for others. That the delusion that is the devil is bringing to the church today. Alright? Let's really pray for people that God have used mightily. Who have affected souls and lives of people. Brought them to the kingdom. That Satan will not shipwreck them. We pray that God will stretch his hand of mercy and destroy every element that tries to shipwreck these people. And free their souls from the grip of hell. Shall we just begin to pray? There is no acceptance that they need anymore. Because they have attained it on earth already. So Lord, we pray, O God. Stretch your hand of mercy, Lord Jesus. Stretch your hand of mercy, Lord Jesus. Deliver the souls of all these, your ministers. People who have started well, who ran the race good. But association is wrecking them. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for restoration of those who have fallen. We pray for restoration of those who have fallen. Deliver them from the hands of the devil, from the session of these last days. Free their souls, O God. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Unto you who is able to keep us from falling, I commit all our souls, our spirit and body, every member of this household all over the world, that you protect our sight, protect our mind, protect our heart. That we will not have compassion on a fallen man to the extent of sympathizing to partake in his error. That we will take our stand to rebuke and correct and instruct in godliness. Help us to run our race. Oh Lord. In Jesus anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let me have the choir up, please. Before we close tonight, let's sit down. I want us to welcome anyone. If you are worshiping with us for the first time, they invited you here. Could you wave your hands, anybody? Please, please, can you rise up? We want to bless you. You are very, very welcome.